listening to Coaching Presence, the podcast that will help you become a better coach. I'm Mariana Wright, and it's my pleasure to introduce some truly inspirational guests to share their learning with you. I'm here live with Elaine Patterson. And Elaine, I, I came across you because I was really searching for information about reflective practice. I, um, I always thought it was something that I didn't do, but I realize now the more I, the more I find out about reflective practice, the more I realize that I am actually quite a reflective person, <laughs> but didn't really think of it as a formal thing that, you know, I didn't have it, that the idea of exactly what, what, what it was. So I came across Elaine. She has a, a wonderful Facebook group that I will share the link with and a, an absolutely stunning book, Reflective Correct, which Elaine will be talking about uh, today. It's, it's, just, it's just a pleasure because there are so many ideas and practices and it's one of those very uh, satisfying books. It's a big chunk of a book, but beautifully presented and just really nice to have about. Elaine, I would love it if you could just give us a bit of introduction about yourself and how you, how you came to write the book and your involvement with reflective practice. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you on this special, special week. Um, yeah, so um, I so connected with what you just said there, which was we don't often see ourselves as reflective and we don't see ourselves as necessarily creative. And I think my whole journey has been to really question and challenge those assumptions we make about ourselves, because I believe we are innately reflective, innately creative. And what happens if we allow ourselves to move into that space um, for ourselves and also for our clients and the people we work with? Um, so before I share a bit more about my story, um, behind <laughs> the book and my personal um, mission and vision to bring reflection out of the closet because I think we have tended to see reflection as part of academia and part of accreditation and the life gets sucked out of it and I know there's processes that need to be followed but for me reflection gets its life sucked out and for me it's about re-engaging with life it's about love it's about the work of the heart and this is where my book is is coming from so um a bit about me I'm very eclectic I love art music poetry um holidays nature <laughs> Um, I read very widely. I love poetry. Um, I was brought up for some of my early years in Holland, so I feel I'm quite European. I now live between London and the Lake District, and the Lake District is my um, is my retreat place, as I mm. call it, and it's where a lot of the research was done uh, for my book. So I go up there as my my haven and my sanctuary, um, as the antidote to living in London. Um, I was um, senior leader in the NHS, got to director role um, levels, worked in the civil service um, in the Department of Health. And then we adopted our daughter back in 2003. And I decided that um, I really wanted to spend time with her. Um, it then 
turned out we then discovered that she had um, very special educational and support needs so we needed to really reframe and I had to recreate <laughs> myself um, and looked at coaching got into supervision got fascinated by reflection which I then felt was the missing piece in a lot of the work and a lot of the way that we talk at the moment I think it is the meta skill holding everything together um, it's the one piece that we bring of ourselves to our work that no one else can do. We can read other people's stuff, we can research and we can resource stuff on the internet, but it's our sense of what we are experiencing that is the difference that makes the difference. I'm also I love that. Nordic walker, outsider. <laughs> I just have to get outside. And I, no I notice when I'm not walking, I really miss it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Lily Sita was talking yesterday about how walking is when she reflects. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess it might be useful to start with what is reflective practice? I think that was my block. It was the, the terminology. It felt so kind of nasal gazing -y and I wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> yes. how would you describe it? What is it? Well, I think there's two questions in that. I think one is what is reflection? Yeah. And then what is reflective practice? And those things can mean um, many different things to uh, many different people. And they all are right and make sense. So there's no right way, there's no wrong way. Um, for me, it's about taking reflection out of, um, out of the textbooks and bringing it as an alive, organic practice. And for me, it's around using our whole body sensing and our whole body intelligences to make sense, to make meaning of our experiences of what is happening. And it's a way of us calibrating the past in the present, the present in the present and the future in the present. So it's a way of us helping to make sense, to make meaning, to reimagine and to dare to reimagine what is then possible? What is the potential here? How can I get myself unstuck? How can I rewrite my story? Where is the insight? How could I work more wisely? What are the other choices? What might be the better choices I can make? and what might be possible when we're working with our clients, what would then become possible in the magic of the conversation we have with our clients when they allow themselves to go into this space of wandering, wondering, not knowing, going with emergence, actually mm. throwing away in some ways what we think we know, to dare to think that we don't know, <laughs> to discover a whole new landscape, whole new vistas that um, we might have had an intuition of, but were really sort of implicit and were hidden and hadn't had the space to be paid attention to, to grow, to be heard. And so for me, I, I think reflection is deep courage. <laughs> I think it is a deep dive. I think it is an oasis. Um, I work in a lot of metaphors because I think this is a way of actually really <laughs> engaging with the love of this. Um, it's a bridge. Um, in my research, people said it's a gateway into possibilities. It's a gateway, it's an opening up. Um, 
into our hearts and into the heart um, of our work. And I think it's a way of us living and loving our questions and our difficulties and our vulnerabilities in a way which is tender, which is gentle, which can be challenging, but takes us to those places that we need to look into to put the mirror up in order for us to heal sometimes, to make whole, to be braver, to be an inch braver possibly, just to reimagine. Um, and so for me, reflection I think um, is, is hope. It, it's, it's actually, how do we find hope? Um, and as Albert Einstein said, you know, you can't- I'm grinning, sorry, I'm kind of, I'm getting this kind of oh, feeling listening to it. I think it's why I just love your group and your book because it, the, <laughs> that reflection is hope. I mean, how can one not engage with that? <laughs> and, and the world needs hope. We, we need hope. We need to face into the difficulties. We need to be honest about um, the realities. We need to find a way of leaning into them because that's the way by embracing and welcoming everything, we can then find um, ways of moving forward. And, and as, as I said in my book, I think that the meta-analysis after all of my research was that reflection is, oh yes, getting awareness, understand all the traditional things that we associate um, with reflection. But my meta-conclusion was that reflection is actually an act of creation. It's an act of creativity. That was the meta thing that was holding it up. And I remember when I saw this in the data, I remember the moment it felt as if there was a sort of beam of light coming onto the paper. And I go, why didn't I see this? Of course, it makes perfect sense. And, and then I started to ask, well, what does creativity actually mean? And, and creativity is, yes, it's birthing the new, it's bringing the new into the world. Um, it's also um, stopping. <laughs> or killing some of our darlings, killing and editing, um, and also reshaping what already exists. And so for me, this is a really lovely marriage of um, reflection, which is innate in us because we are human. We all love to learn. We might have difficulty and difficult relationships with learning, but we are innately born mm. to learn and we are innately born to create and to be creative. And what happens if we can put those two together? And um, and so that was where my curiosity was. And my book was originally called The Marriage of Reflection and Creativity before I moved into the dance, which felt as if it was much more of a flow and a choreography and a freeing that I wanted to wanted to express. Talking of uh, talking of uh, flow, we're getting a comment back about the, the bringing the past into the present, the present in the present and the future in the present. That's really, yeah, landing people listening in. Oh, um, I'm curious about your book and about um, how practices can support our reflection. Yeah. You've, you've touched in a little bit about the story of the, your Reflect to Create book. Is there anything more you want to tell us about the choreography that you're talking about? Um, I think just to go back to the, you asked me about the definition also of reflective practices. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. I just want I just wanted to hold that question and honor and honor that um, in in our conversation because um, given the definition of reflection and people will work with that and take their own definition. Um, yeah, I, mine was oh I mull over I mull things over. That's what I do. I, I do it. 
I'm all things over. The invitation here is to define your own and, and yeah. it's evolving and, it, and it's moving. For reflective practices, I see it as a way of creating the rhythm and the drumbeat to our reflection. And so reflective practices can be any number of a wonderful range of beautiful activities that we actually can invite a reframing of actually this is a reflective practice that we might not be actually um, thinking in traditional terms as a practice. Um, and, and all of the 200 practices in my book are all ones that I have tried over the course of my leadership coaching and supervision career. So these are all things that have come from my own experience and my own heart and I offer um, them out to, to people to work with. But also for me, um, those 200 practices are for specific areas of inquiry. I've got a particular issue or problem. I can go to this um, piece on opening or I can go to flow or I need to look at crafting focus. And there are some ways of working with, with the question there. Um, but I think importantly, there is something around having set of bedrock practices that you can create and devise for yourself. And there is no way of doing it. And they're constantly changing and constantly, um, constantly moving. Um, but it, and it is so much what works for you. That's the beauty of this. It's so permissive. <laughs> it's such an open field. Um, and so for me, um, I'm a Nordic walker. So um, I love walking and thinking and in community on my own. And I find that's really key to sustaining me. I'm also a massive journaler. <laughs> I've got so many journals and this whole free writing um, every morning, if I can, if possible, mm. always, if I have a question, I go back to my journal because it's an opportunity for me to run barefoot across the page and just go oh, what's going on here and I find insight in in the pages between my pen and, and the paper which I just sort of really love um, also um, I've started to get much more involved with crafting um, through lockdown I think I always did that but I wasn't sort of so much um, involved but now I'm back to my knitting um, very badly. Um, I do tapestry and I just find that really mindful. Um, yeah. and people find gardening and cooking. And, oh, you too, you too. Yeah. yeah. That was a little bit too complicated though, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> These are all things. And, and so everybody will find their own way, but it's actually having this bedrock of practices to support and resources to know that they are there and we can go back to them like our own, home, our own sanctuary um, that can support and resource us, that holds us as we go out into our people work. And our people work is hugely demanding. It's hugely exciting. It's a real honor and a privilege. But in order to go and to be our best selves and, and hold the space for others, we also have to hold the space for ourselves. And we forget that. It's that, it's that self radical self-care I talk about in my book, which is absolutely fundamental to our ability to keep showing up and being the best we can and to meet people where they are, to give them the sense of what's possible if they reflect to create. Um, I'm, I've got a neat segue onto the new ICF competencies, which oh, yes. uh, there's a requirement within the new competencies to um, develop a reflective practice. Yes. There's also something around embodying and coaching mindset. I was involved with um, the groundwork for the new competencies when we did a job analysis panel about six years ago now. 
And in that job analysis, we came up with a big duty of being a coach, which was modeling self-care and well-being. And there was a huge sense of resistance within the room about it. And, and yet, and then, and then a kind of collective realization of the importance of it, of radical self-care. We can't do this work unless we're looking after ourselves. Absolutely, uh, absolutely not. And I think the more I've got into the work and the deeper we go in our work and the, the more we meet um, another human being heart to heart, soul to soul, we have to find ways of taking care of ourselves in a, in a really radical way. Again, mm. this, this is, we're not taught this in school or education. This is something that we have to come through from life experience. And there was the Charles Handy quote, and he talked about um, um, a proper selfishness. And when I read that in my 20s, I just went, what, what is he saying? I don't understand that. Um, what does that mean? And it's only over the years that I've realized it's like the, um, it's the airplane and taking the oxygen because you can't yeah. the people unless um, you are nourishing and resourcing um, yourself. And so this was, um, this is massive. And I think it's so important for us to stay fit for practice and to love our work. Mm. I think um, this work, uh, well, for me is a love affair. <laughs> I love all the people in my life, but this is a this is a love affair, and with love affairs, um, we fall in and out, and we have relationships with our work. I'm sure everybody recognizes. You know, sometimes you you love it, sometimes you don't, and and everything in between. And we can get burnt out. And so, how do we continue to love our work, and how do we continue to? Um, nourish ourselves in order to give that love because I think this work is in its biggest and widest sense um, an act of love and an act of the heart an act of connection um, it's also an act of creativity and it's also an act of ethical maturity yeah and before we move on Elaine to um I've there's a question coming which is an interesting one about um somebody who reflects a lot when hill walking but it doesn't really fit with writing things down. By the time uh, they try to write, the creativity has all taken place in the mountains. Yes, how lovely. How, how could you add to the process by writing it? Or do you need to? Again, it really is finding what works for you um, and finding your own style and experimenting. Mm. <laughs> and I, I cannot encourage you to experiment more. Um, I know when, I th when I'm Nordic walking with my two poles and I've had an idea and I go, oh, I've now I've got to find a tree to put my poles <laughs> against, <laughs> dig into my rucksack. Um, and, that, and so sometimes I, I put notes on my, on my phone um, when I stop for coffee. Sometimes I just have little luggage labels in my pocket. Um, it's actually if I'm going to think about something, if I'm walking to go and think about something very deliberately and very consciously, I'll put a pen and um, a postcard or a luggage label in my pocket so that I can get to them quickly. Um, and sometimes I just hold it until I, I come home. So it's just going with what works for you in the moment and nothing is ever wasted and your intuition and your body memory will gather it up when you are back from your hill walking. <laughs> I love that. And, so, by not, and by not putting the pressure into yourself. I was going to say it takes the pressure off. 
That's what works. And that's a brilliant segue. Thank you so much, uh, <laughs> because this is um, the image on the, um, the oh, yes. cover of my, my book. I love calligraphy. This, um, I have a lot of statues that are in this kind mm. of form. And when I wanted to um, illustrate my book, because I wanted to go into something that wasn't a textbook, I wanted a different feel. Um, this figure represented for me um, dance step six in the flow in my book because at the bottom of the dance flow um, in, in that U curve, it, right at the bottom, for me, um, reflection was around finding freedom and the dance step is called finding freedom. And for me, this figure represented that freedom. Yeah. And from her, him, you know, it could be um, asexual. Um, I then started to develop the other figures to illustrate the other moves, the other nine moves within my book. So it's thanks to her um, that the, the, um, the graphics emerged as they did. And I felt it was a movement, it was a dance um, and, and a flow. And for me, reflection is about finding freedom, about finding our creative expression and helping our clients to find their creative expression to to come home to themselves to be themselves to um to have the courage to voice that and express that um in in ways that are also um sensitive which work wisely which don't cause which is placed beautifully mm. and one of my dance steps is um is called working wisely because i think this is so important that we use discernment in our finding our freedom and how we place it in the world <laughs> elaine um you've talked a little bit about your reflective create choreography you're going to talk about your bedrock and favorite practices Yes, I think I've, I mentioned those. They were the journaling and, <laughs> and the Nordic walking and, <laughs> and my crafting. Um, and they have, they continue to change and they, they're really, really important. And I think that I notice my energy go when I don't attend to them. Yeah. Um, and I miss them when I don't do them, if I'm busy or if I'm rushing. Um, and I console myself with um, realizing that they're always there to go back to. That sometimes life is busy; we can't uh, we can't reflect for five hours a day and then get on with the. Um, as one of my clients told me, uh, "I'm so busy reflecting, there's nothing to do. <laughs> I don't get anything done." And you know that that's not what it is. It, it's about choosing times and moments. And reflection isn't about necessarily booking big slots of time. It is part of it, it is retreats and can be whole blocks of time. But also we can get very, um, very smart in how we take those moments of mindfulness, mindful reflection in the day to pause and stop. Um, and for example, on my phone, I have um, a meditation timer that every hour yeah. chimes to remind me to take a five minute um, breather just to stop and um, step into the garden to step outside um, or if I can't I promise myself and I bank it up for later on in the day <laughs> <laughs> as my treat <laughs> tell us about your your campaign your vision for reflection well I I just feel there is such um such a space for us in our profession to embrace this I think 
reflection um, reflective learning and the cold learning cycle it's the last sort of <laughs> people talk about activism and pragmatism but it's the actual reflection that we skip and we miss because it's that piece of the adult learning which is um, our meta skill I think it's that which brings together and unites all of our experiences all of our learning all of our training all of our story um, and in our rush um, to get from A to B we miss this totally vital life-giving learning sense-making meaning-making opportunity and so my vision of my campaign is to bring this back out into the open to dust reflection down from um, textbooks and I read a lot of textbooks for my my MA research and I was going oh gosh well um, <laughs> they they were really beautifully they were well written but they weren't beautiful and they weren't exciting and I think part of my book and um, talking around this is actually about saying um, where's the fun in this um, yeah. where's the joy where's the lightness reflection is a totally serious business um, we're going face to face with our vulnerabilities, we're going into that. We need self-compassion, we need the radical self-care, but, um, and we need the lightness of touch, we need the poetry, we need the, the music, we need the art, we need to bring in other influences in order to reflect um, the whole of life. Um, and I, that, that's my wish and, and my, my vision for reflection. Um, as, as a way of coming home to ourselves, as a way of being our creative selves, of stepping into all of who we are. And as we do that, we offer and extend that invitation to our clients. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your manifesto with us. <laughs> Is there anything else that we haven't, that you wanted to say that we've, we've not covered so far? It feels like we've We've gone on a journey. Um, we've you. had a, a deep dive and certainly oh, you have a, such a, a beautiful way of, of uh, forming words that, that is reflected in your book, Elaine. So thank you so much for today. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I can just, before we finish, I can just offer um, very humbly a poem I wrote about reflection, yes. if that would um, complete our conversation. Um, Sounds perfect, Elaine. Um, so I, I offer this um, to you. Again, reflection was a way of me finding um, language and words that I could then um, put on paper and learn to express myself and find my own voice. So this is also my own journey um, into finding freedom. So um, the poem is called The Gift Inside Us All, If We Did But Know It. Frantic and frenetic, we risk crowding out the quiet knowing of our hearts, our bodies and our souls. We stagger, we stumble and we lose our way when the answer lies in a simple, no cost pause for thought and for breath. A simple retreat to pause, to reflect and to ponder, to silence our inner professor, judge and jury where we risk allowing ourselves to reconnect with our wise selves, with the abundance of others, 
and the generosity of our beautiful earth. And then to return to our own small lives, that little bit more open, that little bit more compassionate and that little bit more creative. The gift inside us all if we did but know it. And thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> what a lovely way to start Friday. Oh. Thank you. On a gloomy, a gloomy Friday in Donegal, you brought a bit of light and yeah, thank you. Thank you, my pleasure. Thank you for listening. To continue this conversation, join the Coaching Presence Facebook group. If you enjoy being part of that uplifting community, do tell others. You can find out more about me at mariannawright.com.